welcome to Brain Milk Podcast. My name is Dash McIntyre. My name is Adrian Folk. And uh, we got a good one today. We're going to talk a little bit about conspiracies. That was our, uh, I think that's our most popular podcast we've done was, uh, the subject was also conspiracies. So I guess we'll give the people what they want a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about QAnon. But first up, we wanted to just talk about uh, some uh, good news, if you hate Trump, I guess, is that uh, there's a lot of books expected to come out this summer and uh, early in the fall, uh, conveniently right before the election, that maybe paint Trump in a bad light. Um, <laughs> first off, <laughs> right, uh, there's news coming out recently that Bob Woodward is writing a book about Trump, and he's actually interviewing uh, Trump for this one, his previous book, Fear, which came out. Uh, a couple of years ago, he was not able to uh, interview Trump, but he did interview a lot of people around Trump who had negative things to say about Trump's leadership style and competence. And uh, I believe in that book, there were quite a few people who worked with Trump that uh, compared his his mindset and intellectual capabilities to that of a moron or a middle schooler or an idiot, <laughs> you know, <laughs> insert any insult that you want. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, he's a little bit mum about that. I think as of right now, not even the title has been uh, disclosed yet. But uh, certainly if he uh, managed to convince Trump to an interview, he's probably keeping a lot of the details mum, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's certainly with Trump, who is so, so happy and so uh, fond of lawsuits, you know, uh, maybe it's a good idea to like wait as long as possible to really start uh, disclosing stuff. Um, another book is uh, General H.R. McMaster has a book coming out in August. Uh, he might, he's been a little bit more willing to be critical of Trump in recent weeks and months, especially with kind of using the military for the blatantly political purpose of uh, kind of gassing people out of the way so he could do that photo op at that church next to the White House um, and kind of using the military for such kind of overt political aims as that. Uh, yeah, H.R. McMaster, too, is the national security advisor, so he probably knows quite a few <clears throat> things about what was going on with Trump's foreign policy, especially early on. So it could be very illuminating about Trump and what's right. been going behind the scenes <laughs> in other countries. Can you imagine just all the career uh, politicians who, you know, have these like longstanding ideas of what American uh, of, of what is in America's benefit and what relationships we have around the world that are good for us and good for our allies that Trump just either does not understand or does not respect or is even actively trying to dismantle, you know? Like, can you imagine somebody being in the government for 40 years doing, like, directing stuff with NATO and our European allies and then for Trump to come up and say, like, maybe NATO shouldn't exist, you know? Well, imagine yeah, like, working for the State Department for your entire career and then trying to make all these close relationships with European allies and then... And then you have to sit there and experience the uh, the backlash, the stupid backlash of when Trump tried to uh, like float the idea that he might be able to buy Greenland from Denmark. You know what I mean? Imagine being the ambassador to Denmark when that right. <laughs> was a and a then Trump story gets upset when they won't sell it to him just willy nilly off an impulse. Yeah. Uh, another book coming out which will be interesting is Donald Trump's own niece. Uh, she has a book coming out, and already there's been some details leaking about uh, kind of her dissatisfaction with her uncle. Um, she kind of, her side of the family kind of got screwed over when Trump's dad died. He had a lot of money, obviously, but uh, he had Alzheimer's, and his uh, Trump's niece is claiming that uh, Trump was kind of mean to 
the Trump patriarch when he had Alzheimer's and maybe tricked him into changing his will to kind of screw over other family members that Trump <laughs> did not like. Um, the niece is actually the daughter of Trump's older brother, the one who had an alcohol problem and died uh, a little young. But they got screwed over because um, someone else on her side of the family, there was some, there was a kid with like medical issues and say what you will about Fred Trump, but he did um, pay for the entire Trump family to have pretty solid healthcare insurance. And then Trump kind of withheld payments and screwed over, you know, his own family uh, because he was pissed that they would be pissed that he screwed them out of inheritance that was coming their way, you know. Well, it's a funny uh, so, story, too, because Trump is saying in the press this week that he's probably going to he's looking at suing her, not because it's, you know, defamation or not true, but because she broke an NDA, which which right off the bat is kind of funny that you have NDAs with your you know non-disclosure agreements with your own family members. Now, some of it makes sense because they're, you know, they wanted an NDA so that like they wouldn't go to the press and talk about who was screwing over who in the the final settlement with the will of their father. But like. It, first off, the idea you'd sue your niece for breaking an NDA is funny, but also what that means is if you're going to sue someone for breaking an NDA, you really can't say they're lying because no one writes an NDA for every conceivable lie you might tell about someone. <laughs> so right. it's just like whatever happened is she spill, uh, spilling the beans and apparently that Trump thinks was subject to an NDA that he allegedly had her sign. So, I mean, that could yeah. be an interesting civil case for sure. And that's kind of a uh, logical uh, fallacy that kind of governs a lot of Trump's legal actions because he's always accusing, like going back to like all the Mueller stuff and all the people like testifying against him and the will they won't they testify kind of thing. Like Trump has long had everybody around him sign these non-disclosure agreements, which maybe are not legal in the first place. Like you can't go work in a public bureaucracy of a democracy and be sworn to secrecy by the executive and yeah. then like you, like keep you quiet with threats of lawsuits if you spill the truth about like blatant illegality or criminal wrongdoing or you know screwing over the the government of which you lead like i don't think that's really the uh the spirit of the law <laughs> you know well that too and like the 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 likely coming um lawsuit against john bolton in his book if it, it gets published on time I mean, right, and that's that's the fourth book coming out. Yeah, as uh, John Bolton, of course, his publishing date has been pushed back. There was something that like Bill Barr maybe intentionally included uh, Bolton's home address in like some of the filing that they were doing <laughs> just to screw uh -huh. him over, you know. Well, it's uh, funny too because like they're suing John Bolton and trying to delay it because they're going to try to make the claim that there's classified information in it and that it wasn't properly reviewed before being sent to a publisher. But like, I doubt John Bolton, who's been in government since you know for decades and has been in and out and understands how the system works, I doubt he was putting legitimately classified material and information into his book. That would just be stupid. Plus, it would be stupid yeah. on the publisher, too, if it wasn't already checked and double-checked because, I mean, Bolton could get sued, but so could the publisher. Like, you can't just publish classified information just because it accidentally came into your hands or someone gave you a book that you were going to print. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's kind of why Trump's, like, threats of legal action never actually concern the publishers, which is kind of an interesting thing to point out. You know, he's not suing the publisher because the stuff that they're publishing is... I guess ostensibly true, but he's only <laughs> suing the individual person. 
Yeah. And again, it gets back to that logical inconsistency. You know, for the longest time, he was he was always saying everybody's a liar. Everybody who publishes anything against him, it's all lies, and they they're just trying to make him look bad. But then uh, he'll sue them for like leaking. So how can it both be a lie and a leak? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's not logically uh, consistent with. Uh, you know, if, if someone's leaking something, you know, like... You well, yeah, that goes be... back to, like, every administration says, oh, these, this information's not true, but we also really need to find out who's leaking information. It's like, yeah, those right. are not too true, for, like, uh, <laughs> sentences, but... Yeah. So, so uh, anyway, uh, this, like, late summer and early fall, we've got quite a, quite a bit of books uh, coming out. What do you th- what do you think about that? What do you think about all of these government actors who are not saying anything until uh, until they can write a whole book two years later, get it published, and make money off of it? Well, I mean, what do you think just, morally? Well, morally, I mean, to some degree, don't the ends justify the means, right? So imagine you're a guy like John Bolton. You couldn't get Trump to clamp down on some of the things you know John Bolton probably thought were unwise or stupid. Um, you know, the Trump administration. Uh, claimed that they were going to have executive privilege on any talks John Bolton would have or could have given to Congress. So writing a book might be the only thing you can do. That being said, I mean, I would say the same thing for uh, Woodward, right? If he's going to write a book, he may think that that might be the best thing to hurt Trump, but he doesn't really have any other means to really, you know, push back against Trump, whereas Bolton could literally hold a press conference anytime he wants, and every news outlet will line up with microphones ready to hear it. Uh, so yeah, maybe right. writing a book to profit off your information giving is a little immoral, but I mean, in this case, don't the ends justify the means a little bit? I mean, to some degree, you have this in every administration. People take their memoirs with them when they leave and, and then they keep it, you know, uh, you know, keep the word mum until they can write their book either by themselves or with a ghostwriter to, uh, get a, get a clean, you know, 500000 $800,000. Yeah, certainly good money. Although, you know, in the case of John Bolton, where he was saying that, I think he had a quote that he was saying Democrats were committing like malpractice to make the uh, impeachment investigation uh, so limited and so narrow in its scope when there's so much criminality. Uh, I think he was kind of, you know, implying that Trump's done illegal acts with a lot more countries than just Ukraine. (laughs) Well, like the, the uh, in the book excerpt that's been released, it basically says that John Bolton was saying that, you know, it wasn't just a politicization of the relationship with Ukraine. You know, it was his opinion that every decision Trump made had something to do with what he thought were good or bad for his reelection campaign. Yeah. And I think that's where you get to the moral issue that if you're so outraged, but <laughs> you're you're holding you're holding a, you're, all your thoughts and opinions and uh kind of the things that you witness close to your chest until you can profit handsomely off a book advance. Well, that's um, a funny thing is people talk about, you know, they say, oh, especially on the right, they say, you know, Obama was such an evil, tyrannical jerk. He was a mean person. He was a terrible president. But if if Obama were like Trump, Obama could have easily said, well, uh, the Department of Justice is telling me Trump has committed multiple crimes. We're going to launch investigations in 13 different areas, and we are just going to sink him until the election and hope Hillary wins. Like, that's the kind of stuff Trump's kind of been doing, right? I mean, he was looking for dirt on Joe Biden because they all thought Joe Biden would end up winning the primary. So, I mean, how is that different than had... 
you know, had, you know, the whole conspiracy theory about Obama basically spying on the Trump administration and Trump himself is a lie. But it's even dumber when that's literally what Trump was trying to do to Biden. So that's like the classic accuse your opponents of what you yourself are doing, especially if it's illegal or immoral or bad, you know, bad press. Yeah, Trump is uh, definitely king of that, accusing people of doing what he has done, <laughs> like in all respects. And it, it's really stupid, too, in the case of Michael Flynn, like that whole conspiracy theory that like Obama was trying to set up Trump with Michael Flynn and all the investigation and stuff, despite the fact that Trump literally like during his meeting with Trump told him, do not hire Flynn. A bunch of other Obama officials were telling Trump officials, don't hire Flynn. This guy's got a lot of shit going on. And then Trump mm -hmm. hired him anyway. And then, and then remember, fired Flynn because Flynn lied to Pence and Pence went out defending uh, Flynn on public television. And that was kind of like the reason that they had to fire uh, Flynn ultimately was that he lied to Mike Pence. So now Trump, <laughs> who fired Michael Flynn for lying, is now coming to his uh, defense and saying he got railroaded and set up and stuff. It's like, why would Obama, who's trying to set this trap, basically thwart his own attempted trap by telling over and over all the Trump people not to hire Flynn? Like, that just makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, also, well, Flynn pled guilty twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then and, 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 and the reason he pled guilty was that his son was in on some of the criminal wrongdoing and uh, it was kind of like a, a deal that he made with prosecutors that they weren't going to prosecute his son so that uh, you know he would plead guilty. So, Well this is a perfect segue in today's topic of uh, conspiracy theories and QAnon like what a lot of the diehard Trump supporters and, and far right. right conservatives and Republicans really believe. Yeah, so that that's kind of the main conspiracy we're going to get in today, QAnon. And just a little bit of background, QAnon is kind of blown up really big, but the idea of some kind of like anonymous government source is not really new. And in fact, uh, there, there, some people even think that QAnon may have uh, taken some inspiration from an like this Italian group that also published a book called Q and they were kind of like doing the same thing, alleging all these details, blah, blah, blah. And there's other, there's other instances in the past of kind of like anonymous sources kind of making conspiracy theories. Um, but yeah, so QAnon, kind of like Q Anonymous, there's this guy that started posting around the internet. Uh, I think he started in more mainstream places like Twitter, but now he's kind of uh, hiding on like 4chan and some of the other more alt-right um, like Reddit and 4chan, but then he hit to like other further all right things that as Reddit and other uh, kind of social media uh, companies had to kind of police the content on there um, because people will go and shoot up pizza parlors and stuff like that. Uh, so basically QAnon had to like keep finding places that had no rules about what you could publish because QAnon has kind of become a uh, national security threat in a way because he's got so many followers. Um, but it's just kind of interesting, real quick, like just on the, the basis of conspiracy theories in general and the kind of idea of like a secret government cabal and overwhelming power, whether you go to like the Freemasons, the Illuminati, the UN ideas of like black helicopters coming from the UN to kind of take over <laughs> martial law of the US. It always, it always throws me off anytime you read these because it's always like the, the logical question is what's taking so long? 
right? Like when the UN first got started, that was like a big conspiracy theory in like the 60s and 70s was the, the UN black helicopters that would come in. And it's like, what, why didn't they never come, right? Yeah. All this time we were thinking the United Nations and like eventually it morphed into like the New World Order idea in the 80s and the 90s. But like, what is taking them so long, right? When George w, or George H.W. Bush started talking about New World Order at the end of the Soviet Union, right? When like without any hint of conspiracy, he was literally saying a new world order, right? Like an American-led world where we're the the singular uh, hegemonic superpower, right? Like that's kind of a perfectly logical and fair thing to say as a new world order. But like you know, all the conspiracies that sprung up—it's been thirty years since then. What's taken so long? If they have so much power and they control everything, and to the point where like a lot of people believe like the government. Uh, and this like cabal of, uh, you know, like whether you want to say they're like Jews <laughs> that control everything and have all the money like George Soros and the Rothschilds and, uh, you know, going all the way to the extreme of like, you know, very vague and obscure Illuminati, things like that. Like what is taking them so long? You well, know, yeah, for... like look at the look at the U.N. thing going back to the 1950s. Like back then, the United States paid the overwhelming majority of all funds for the U.N. So presumably, if the U.N. was going to take over America, we would have funded it the entire time. Furthermore, the United States has veto power in the Security Council. So if the U.N. was going to do something like invade America, conceivably the United States delegation would have had to vote yay on that and allowed right. it, which means the president would have allowed it. So, I mean, it's a funny thing that like these fears are way more like believed on the far right when a Democrat's in power, but they still believe it when a Republican's in power. And it's like the cognitive dissonance of what needs to happen for that, you know, the U.N. to conquer America doesn't even make sense. Because, like, since the United States is funding most of the U.N. and we know the U.N. is underfunded, how exactly do they have warehouses full of ammunition and, and fields full of those blue tanks and uh, black helicopters? Like, where is that going to come from? Is it, yeah. it doesn't currently exist. And even if it did, America would have paid for it. And we'd probably know where it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really makes you have to like run loops in your head because, yeah, like America was funding all the tanks and helicopters. And then America basically kind of was the uh, the cornerstone <laughs> of the U.N. Yeah. And certain of, it's like monetary and military power. So why would America spend a lot of money on the U.N.? to then invade America. <laughs> like, well, it's funny, too, you... because think of it this way. The United States has the best intelligence gathering capabilities in the entire world. So how on earth would the best intelligence agencies in the world not know about the secret plot within an organization that America has veto power in and largely funds? How, like, how would that escape everybody who might know that this was coming, except these you know, crazy people on the far right you know, speaking anonymously, uh, on you know internet message boards today, or you know by weird chain letter mailings from the fifties and sixties. Right, know? but it really <laughs> just goes to show that these like ideas of like a cabal or like a deep state kind of uh, organization or institution or whatever have really been around forever, and like the end times have never come. So QAnon is kind of like the latest iteration of that. Well, it's funny because you can take this all back, like, if you look at history, you can take it all the way back to, like, the the Black Death and the Great Plagues in Europe during the 13 and 1400s, right? They honestly believe the Jews might have been behind it. 
Now, part of the reason was obviously anti-Semitism, and they hated Jews. Um, also, part of it was that, like, uh, uh, Jews had a tradition of, like, washing, you know, uh, before the Sabbath, so that they were less likely to be dirty than the average European, and therefore less likely, just because they washed once, once a week, they were less likely to, you know, spread diseases in ways that other people who didn't shower at all. So, I mean, this, like, idea of, like, some kind of conspiracy of Jews or other groups of people has been around in, in European history and even politics for, you know, close to, you know, 700 years. Yeah. If not um, longer, if you think about it. Yeah, I mean, going back to, like, the Roman Empire when Ro the Romans kind of adopted Christianity, you know, and mm -hmm. it was the easy scapegoat that the Jews killed Jesus and that kind of thing. <laughs> um, so QAnon is, uh, it's interesting because he, uh, he or she, I guess we'll say he, most people kind of tend to say he and assume it's a he. Uh, I will say that... Well, it's probably know, maybe, a bunch of people, right? And and this is something... Well, we don't know they, that. We don't know well, for sure that it's a bunch of people. That's, yeah, a, but that's like, one theory. Correct, yeah. But like the idea that like all these ideas are coming from one person and some of them are just laughably untrue, Like it makes you wonder like to what degree is part of this movement literally hoodwinked by people just trying to get a laugh, right? And I always think of like so many other conspiracy theories that people probably talk about them and, and, you know, make funny, like, comical explanations for why they must be true. But it's really just a joke, right? And there's just a, a certain group of people in every country. You know, the far right, in this case, with 2A9, have completely fallen for something that's just ludicrous. Yeah, um, yeah, whether, yeah, certainly the kind of people who are so easily whipped into a frenzy on these kind of, like, fears of this all-encompassing power. <laughs> yeah. Uh, certainly it is easy to kind of make it up. With QAnon, though, he does have certain codes, and I think he has ways to kind of, like, show that it's the same person. So if, if it is a group of people, it's probably a small group of people. There's, like, a notebook. I was doing research earlier. There's, like, a notebook that he references many times with, like, photos and stuff suggesting that, it, you know, there's some kind of continuity with the, uh -huh. uh, the messenger. Um, and, like, there, there's a certain code that, that he makes it clear that it's him, but... Uh, Anyway, there's a whole thing on whether or not, like, the one of the guys who owns one of those, like, social media websites that's, like, more alt-right than Reddit and 4chan and stuff like that, you know, even less uh, restrictions on uh, um, free speech and that kind of thing, but maybe one of the owners of those sites either knows QAnon or might be QAnon himself, though he, that guy denies it. Mm -hmm. um, but, like, going into the QAnon conspiracy a little bit, there's some themes, and it's kind of interesting that... Uh, some of the recurring things that he always says and then some of the followers will say is they're like ideas like you are the news, uh, meaning that like, you know, everybody that believes in QAnon and is willing to kind of like understand the deep state's power and stuff like they're kind of making history by being part of like the the initiated into the truth and that. <laughs> There's an idea of kind of like enjoy the show that they always say like we're in the middle of it of like a great revolution where it's not so much like end times necessarily like revelations but like the reverse where it's like a rebirth that Donald Trump will kind of take over and like end the deep state once and for all it'll be some kind of rebirth of American society and government that kind of thing but it's the idea of like enjoy the show like enjoy when the cabal of uh, pedophiles that you know, QAnon <laughs> makes people think Hollywood and liberals yeah. and uh, Democratic uh, lawmakers and stuff like that are all a part of. There's another one, like, nothing can stop what is coming. So it's kind of like an idea of, like, 
overwhelming uh, righteousness of QAnon and that they have the truth against the deep state. And there's another one like trust the plan, you know, trust the plan, trust that everything's happening. So it's interesting because doing my research, I was reading up on like Wikipedia and clicking all the links and news articles that it cited and then doing Google searches and just kind of getting a wide scope of what exactly QAnon is. And it's uh, it's interesting because it literally is kind of like a cult or almost like a proto-religious sense. And something like certain times, uh, or certainly with these kind of quotes and themes, you know, it takes on an almost religious faith kind of aspect. Um, you know, like trust the plan and nothing can stop what's happening. It's almost like a QAnon and like the cabal fighting the deep state. You know, they're like the chosen ones or some kind of like, uh, transformative figure or organization or whatever and it is interesting because it really is a faith thing like you know there people get kind of like radicalized on like YouTube videos and various internet sources where you just kind of get sucked into it um, already there's like groups that are like kind of like debunking QAnon and helping convince some people to get like wrapped up into the whole conspiracy theory uh, to kind of come out of it and like learn that what they believed was ridiculous. And it's interesting too, because like QAnon kind of addresses some of this and saying that like, it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy because QAnon does make a lot of, uh, kind of statements about what's going on or what to expect and kind of prophecies or, uh, uh, like ideas about what's going to happen and some of those turn out wrong right like the idea like a lot of what QAnon says is that we're like always just on the cusp of the end of the deep state and things like that so he'll say like cryptic messages like kind of anticipating like mass arrests and then sending people to Guantanamo Bay for being in the deep state that never turn out to happen um obviously the whole pizza ring at that uh like Comet Pizza Parlor, that was fake and turned out not to be well, real. Let's talk about that for a second, because how could the deep state end as they see it without <laughs> Trump firing large numbers of federal employees, right? The, the entire idea of the deep state, I mean, the term itself is kind of like misapplied to America's bureaucracy, but the term implies that there's a lot of people in the federal government who are doing what they're doing, and they're not going to let, like, the a new president come in and change things so you can't even undo that then like at all without firing you know there's two million people or more who work for the federal government if there really is a deep state and they're doing what they want despite trump then you have to fire them all to get rid of the deep state right that's if the deep state is the people then you have to fire them and and trump has not done that right trump has not fired large amounts of federal employees all he's really done is put his people in charge of them, which is really how the federal government works. The incoming president picks new people to head departments and you know certain key positions within those bureaus and departments, and, and they run the government like that. So I don't even see how, if you believe in QAnon, how can you even think Trump's going to end it soon without firing tens of thousands of just random federal employees? Yeah, I guess, well, on the other hand, Trump has largely not hired a bunch of people and, like, the State Department has been gutted. So I guess in a a way you could look at it like that, like, he's just not staffing the government and letting it kind of, like, die a slow death. But it's funny, too, because, like, if you think about, like, the Fish and Wildlife uh, Department of the, you know, Department of the Interior, right? Like, are they deep state? Like, all they're really doing is managing (laughs) random stocks of fish and, you know 
rivers and lakes around the country that you know farmers can then you know pay for a ticket or a license to go fish and hunt and like that's that arm of the federal government well who the president is doesn't matter and like you know if trump wants to build a wall it's not them who are you know fighting him so the idea that like oh the deep state is very expansive i mean like here the deep state as it's like traditionally applied in a political sense is something like egypt so Egypt has a legitimate deep state. And what the deep state entails is that you have like departments of the government who like run their own businesses in the economy. So then not only do they have the political power of working for the federal government, they also are responsible for like selling cars, selling food, distributing stuff from one business to another. So like in terms of like Egypt with a real deep state where the military itself literally runs 40% of the economy and they're not only making their federal military pay, they're also getting like, you know, money from running these quasi businesses as part of the federal government. Like that's the deep state. Now, whether or not, you know, they allow, you know, the dictator al-Sisi to run or whether they fight him or go along with his like agenda. But I mean, like the term as it's commonly applied doesn't even make sense in terms of America because you have people doing a specific job regardless of who their boss is, regardless of who the president is. And that's their only uh, source of income. Right. You know, they have retirement funds and they can invest. But it's not like you don't see the fish and wildlife guys working for the Department of the Interior also running like a tank manufacturing company. You know what I mean? They're also yeah. not like they're also not in charge of like making people pay bribes at checkpoints around the country. Like that's what the deep state is. It doesn't even apply to America. So it's just funny that they think yeah. the deep state's going to end somehow. And it's ironic too cuz like for the instances of the deep state, you know, what you imagine there's going to be like a kind of like big spying agencies that are there to like stop people from telling the truth and that there's like secret military forces and units and things like that. And like in, in like with the uh, the idea of like all of these Black Lives Matter protests where you had those Department of Justice soldiers with no badges and no, uh, they wouldn't tell anybody who, who sent them or who they were working for, but they're like Justice Department kind of soldiers in a way under the command of like bill barr like if anything that is more reminiscent of a deep state than anything uh you know certainly that obama was doing you know well it's Ob funny because our checks and balances keep a deep state from even forming because like and, and that's something trump himself is actually working to undermine and you know they come in the form of uh, inspectors general right so an inspector general, the way it works is if you think you see something that's wrong or like deep statey or conspiratorial, you literally just write an anonymous letter to the inspector general. The inspector general just reads it and says, okay, we're gonna investigate this, whether it's right or wrong. And if they find out wrongdoing, they'll hold people accountable. They can, you know, have people fired. They can, you know, people can get fined, lose like, you know, security clearances. So there's a number of things keeping such a deep state from even happening. And it's ironic that they believe that Trump is gonna ruin a deep state or end it by firing all these nonpartisan, non-political, bipartisan appointed inspectors general who actually oversee yeah. a lot of the departments. Trump has of fired Europe. four of them. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting too, you know, cause obviously there's the, uh, the check and balance of the Congress or the legislative branch, you know, basically picks what money and how much and where it goes like in the budget and stuff like that. But then you get instances like with this uh, coronavirus relief fund where Trump 
is just spending $500 billion all on his own with no oversight. And his administration is refusing to be transparent at all about where that money's going. So like, well, here's another example know, why the, the Tea Party is full of shit, right? Because people say that the Tea Party rose up in 2009, 2010 because they're angry that Obama didn't do more against the banks and that he was bailing out companies that were being rewarded with taxpayer money. Um, and they accused him of not being transparent with it, even though he was. Um, of course, a lot of that money was paid back. But, you know, people always point out that the Tea Party was equally mad about TARP, which was passed in 2007 with the help of Democrats by George W. Bush. Like you didn't hear. I mean, it was a bipartisan passage, right? Republicans and Democrats passed TARP. They couldn't have done it without the Democrats. Um, and like there was no Tea Party from 2007, 2008, not until Obama became president. And, and then suddenly the Tea Party, you know, all, you know, uh, you know, agreed, oh, this is just more of the same. We can't deal with this. Like it throws in the face that like, where is the Tea Party today? Like 500. If Obama had spent 500 billion dollars and uh, Obama's Treasury Secretary said, we're not going to tell anyone where this money's going. Yeah. The, the right would have exploded in anger. Right. Um you, so you it's funny that they say that Trump the other side. just bribing people, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, or, or giving money to fake companies that have only existed for three months that only exist because there is money to be gotten by faking right. a company and then saying, we need this relief money. Right. Uh, so on that depressing note, let's talk yeah. about some <laughs> of the things that QAnon uh, alleges that Trump is doing to fight the deep state. Um, the big one, of course, was during the Mueller report. The big QAnon idea was that Trump was only pretending to collude with Russia during the election to be able to enlist Mueller into helping him find and prosecute all of this, the deep state sex predators and pedophiles uh, throughout the government, the Democratic Party, Hollywood, and the media. So uh, you might you might say that's a big QAnon assertion that did not prove to be accurate. <laughs> that Trump was only pretending to collude to convince Mueller to help him. Uh, obviously, Trump fought the Mueller uh, investigation pretty much the entire way through, refused to give documents. Um, there was really no hint of any secret cooperation unless Trump and Mueller were just that good at hiding, <laughs> you know, the, their collusion with each other to fight the deep state cabal. Um but that's kind of an interesting idea. What do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> it's objectively not true. Trump's spent yeah. Well, it's funny because like you can't talk about a conspiracy theory or 4D chess in regards to Trump because he, he literally tweets like 20 times a day. He's tweeting every thought he has while he sits there and thinks about what's going on around him. So the idea that he's like, you know, I've heard people say that the, tw the tweets are are like some kind of front to distract people from what he's really doing. But like, it's not just that. He tweets about something. He then goes in front of the Rose Garden and talks about it. He then goes to a rally and talks about the same things. Like there's, there's nothing very convoluted going on, right? He has a thought, he tweets it, and then he talks about it for weeks. And then we know he's not even doing anything because they put out the president's daily uh, schedule and he doesn't do any work. So where is this 4D chess being played? Right. <laughs> yeah, for certain. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, so it's it's funny that, like, really the idea, a lot of what QAnon is, is that, like, Trump was kind of uh, elected, like, 
almost as some kind of like righteous uh, deus ex machina or whatever. Um, and that the idea that like, you know, the deep state would have gotten away with everything and totally turned America into this like uh, horrible hellscape, except Trump got elected. And that like, uh, you know, if Trump doesn't get reelected, everything is lost and the deep state will have won for certain, you know? Well, that's <laughs> like the idea. Like a, that's like when they were accusing uh, those email. Remember those email chains in like the 2008 and 2012 election? They were going around from like really right wing and oftentimes evangelical communities. They were saying things that like Obama was going to initiate uh, the Armageddon and become, you know, the Antichrist after he won re-election, which begged the right. question, like, why isn't he doing it now? So why does Trump need re-election to win out right. against the cabal, of the deep state? And that gets back to what we were talking about at the beginning. It's like all these conspiracy theories that allege these cabals have such power. It's like, what takes so long? <laughs> Obama needed to get reelected. And then the QAnon stuff starts up and it and the whole deep state idea depended on Hillary Clinton getting eight more years to start like to literally they believe that Hillary Clinton, if she got elected, was going to start do, like having all these plagues and droughts and going to ruin America, you know. But again, like Obama couldn't do it in his eight years, you know. It's like yeah. every election, it's like, oh, this everything depends on this. If if a Democrat gets four years, it's all over. Oh, if that Democrat gets reelected, it's all over. Oh, if the Democratic successor takes over, now we're really finished. And it's just like always <laughs> kicking the can down the road. And we're always at this like state of like code red, like perpetual destruction, you know, that never actually comes to pass. Kind of an interesting idea. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that you can even believe some of these conspiracy theories to me is just, I mean, to go down that rabbit hole, you have to be the kind of person who's been duped by Trump already into thinking that, A, he's a a billionaire, B, he's a genius, C, he's like the best president (laughs) ever, and that like he's a successful like American titan of industry, despite all facts to the contrary. This is a guy. How much of it? It's funny how much of it depends on the idea that there's all these pedophiles. And yeah. like the, the standard bearer to fight this is Trump, who has been accused like two dozen times of sexual assault, was friends with Jeffrey Epstein, you know, went to Epstein's parties in Private Island, you know, has sexual assault lawsuits going right now from like women who were like teenagers at the time when it happened, you know, like this stuff's going on right now. Did Trump just plan that all like 20, 30 years ago? just to be able to like get in and destroy the cabal the deep state pedophiles <laughs> yeah yeah did he did he hang out with jeffrey epstein just to learn more about the cabal <laughs> yeah. so that in 20 yeah. years he was just doing that... reconnaissance for the uh for the yeah. anti-deep state <laughs> that's funny make... too because like QAnon really depend. you know QAnon is basically the quintessential anonymous source right like he uh... alleges to have some kind of like government or military function or role and it's like here, everyone who believes in QAnon hates the media and thinks they can't trust the media. And one of their biggest criticisms is that the media has these anonymous sources, you know? Because yeah. obviously people talk shit about their employers and their colleagues and stuff and they do it anonymously. And then media companies will print or talk about that commentary uh, when they can kind of get like two or three sources to confirm it. And mm-hmm. only when the editors of these news agencies are confident that they are willing to like go to court over this because the, you know <laughs> their proof yeah. is so airtight. And not to say that they don't sometimes get it wrong or sometimes make mistakes and rush things too early. 
But the idea that QAnon uh, supporters and believers hate anonymous sources, but then literally believe in somebody named QAnon, <laughs> you know, short for anonymous, like that kind of uh, <laughs> bewilders me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's what happens when you buy completely into some kind of ideology that there's nothing like an ideology literally basically means that. Uh, you know, you're not going to accept any contrary evidence to what you already believe. Otherwise, it wouldn't be an ideology. It would just be the way things are or facts. Right. I mean, um, what, are, what are some other things? Like, you sent me this list of things QAnon believes, and it's like Kim Jong-un is a CIA puppet. Yeah. <laughs> like, so the North Korean <laughs> government is controlled by the CIA. And then you just have to think about that for a second. Like, what do we get out of that? What do we get out of letting them like shoot missiles over japan and south korea and build nukes like how is that in america's national security interest even if it is a cia puppet like why are we going to such great lengths to pretend a uh, very very poor conspicuously destitute country of famished people that spend all their money on military weapons to fuck over america and our allies nearby them like what do we get out of that well, it's funny, too, because, like, North Korea alone is not the reason the cabal gets to spend $600 billion or $800 billion a year on military stuff. So if North Korea was not a failed, you know, rogue state on the periphery of the world, uh, right next to, you know, China and, and two of our allies in South Korea and Japan, if, if North Korea didn't exist, we would still spend that much money on the military, right? So I don't even know why the, you know, North Korea has to be anything other than what it clearly just is a failed rogue state with nuclear weapons that's just trying to intimidate countries around it like it doesn't make sense why the cia has to be involved or what the cabal gets from our dealings with north korea <laughs> yeah what do, and what do we get from a rogue state whose like main enemy is our country and yeah. we're not at war with them <laughs> we're not really spending that much money we're not like actively fighting them and using that for some kind of like deep state terror initiative to kind of like distract Americans and make them give up, you know, make us give up our rights to fight the big bad enemy of North Korea. Like, again, it's just like if they're so powerful and they have this nefarious reason, why does it make no sense? You know, why are, why is it not more productive for American foreign policy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good what, what? Here, here's another one. So Debbie Wasserman Schultz hired a Salvadoran gang to kill the Democratic <laughs> National Committee staffer Seth Rich. Right. <laughs> Which that uh, one that is was just, a big one. Haven't people already been sued about uh, defamation over that one? Like, wasn't yeah, that a big thing with Sean Hannity? Hannity? Was, right. Yeah, uh, so. Seth Rich's family doesn't believe it was a conspiracy and just wants all these conservative talking heads to like to shut up about it. Uh, and stop using his name to peddle conspiracy theories like QAnon. Sean Hannity, by the way, has like has a has done quite a few segments on QAnon and kind of like spreading QAnon ideas and uh, theories. So that's something to keep in mind. But again, it, it, again, it's like if the Democratic Party filled with pedophiles is so strong, powerful, and rich, why do they have to hire a Salvadoran gang to uh, kill Seth Rich? Like, why could somebody not do it 
like why could someone from the DNC not do it, right? If they're so yeah. powerful and so rich and can get or away have their with own anything. American mercenaries. Right. Yeah. If they control the military or control the government in the deep state. Because here's the thing, if you control the deep state, you control the CIA, don't you? So why do you need a Salvadoran gang if you have the CIA who's more than qualified, more than capable, and has a history right. of doing such a thing to people? Right. And and plus if you're so powerful, why do you have to waste money? <laughs> paying some thug to do something right yeah. can't you just have a thug do it because you're so powerful can't you like threaten their family or threaten their <laughs> lives like why do you literally have to spend dnc money to do something you know allegedly well here, uh, here, here's one, a great one yeah angela merkel is the granddaughter of hitler <laughs> yeah i saw that i wrote that down i'm not i didn't look up the actual context of that it was just in a list of things that like QAnon believers have said but uh yeah, Hitler, famous for having kids and then grandkids, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, well, it's funny because that's like on that's like a the kind of idea that's like on par with the idea of Mormonism that uh, the Native Americans are somehow Jews, and it's like they're not. They're not Jews. You can you can test that. <laughs> you can look at their DNA and their genetic history and prove the Native Americans not the are not Israel. Jews. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another good one. Donald Trump and Jeff Sessions were not actually really feuding. Remember when Trump called him like a dumb Southerner with marbles in his mouth? <laughs> but that was that, that was just a cover. Their public squabbles were a cover for uh, Jeff Sessions' secret work to help you know fight the pedophiles, <laughs> which is which is another kind of QAnon assertion that did not come true because Trump ultimately fired Jeff Sessions in a very publicly. Uh, maybe embarrassing and humiliating manner for one, if not both of them. So, you know, how do you square that circle, I guess, or whatever, <laughs> whatever that phrase I'm trying to say is. Uh, another conspiracy theory is that like the US is using Guantanamo Bay and that QAnon is always talking about how like, just watch pretty soon there's gonna be mass arrests and all these Democrats and pedophiles and cabalists, you know, are gonna, be arrested and sent to Guantanamo Bay um, <laughs> clearly has not happened. I might suggest it's not going to happen. And here, and it gets back to that idea of like that overwhelming power. You know, if Trump is overwhelmingly good and is the only thing keeping the deep state from taking power, right? Like Trump's been in office for three and a half years now. Why is he not stopped it already? What is taking Trump so long to stop it? There was another idea that early on, remember Trump hired so many generals and that was kind of like a winking idea of QAnon that, you know, like <laughs> Trump had to go around the CIA and the FBI and have the military on his side because the CIA and FBI, I guess, are kind of like too deeply corrupt. And uh, the rot has spread too far that he can't work within the regular channels of kind of, you know, police work or whatever. But that's ironic um, because the one set of powers that Trump has overwhelming power on is the makeup and workings of the executive branch right so if that's where the deep state is like the legislative and judicial branches of government don't employ millions of people right that's the executive branch and functions of the executive uh um you know uh, all the cabinet level departments and all the bureaus within them right so trump could very easily just direct the people he's put in place 
to run all of these departments, give them a list of people they need to fire, and then when the you know actual uh, inspector generals go, hey, why are you firing all these people? And Trump goes, look, here's my evidence that they're a cabal of uh, pedophiles and that they're diddling kids and, and killing them or something or killing people. No one would have any questions on why these tens of thousands of deep staters would have to be fired. But Trump's not doing that. He, he wouldn't even have to go to Congress to ask to do that, right? So isn't the fact that Trump not doing that right now mean that there's not really a real thing going on? Yeah, and it's the idea, too, that also Trump needs like four more years that if Trump doesn't get reelected, everything is lost for America. But what <laughs> happens in four more years? What happens when Trump's like, you know, Mike Pence or Nikki Haley or Tom Cotton or whoever runs after Trump? You know, supposing Trump gets four more years, what happens if none of this stuff has happened yet? Another four year period has passed where the deep state hasn't taken over. And the you know, the few good guys uh, like QAnon has not been able to like stop it, you know, but like you're just kicking the can down the road again. Oh, four more years now or everything's lost. You know, well, you could say the same thing after like Obama left. You could ask about all those conspiracy theories that he was going to subvert American democracy, that he was going to take over the country. He, he was going to become king. He was going to start the apocalypse. He was the Antichrist. <laughs> Revelations. Like if none of the, yeah, yeah. If none of those things happened after eight years, don't you have to sit back and go, well, shoot, maybe I was wrong on a couple of those. Yeah. No, but that's where you just turn around and say, oh, but they're so four close more now. Years. They're even closer. Yeah, four yeah. more years. <laughs> um, yeah, because don't forget, there was a, you know, maybe not a very large, but a not insubstantial amount of people who literally believed Democrats were causing hurricanes, <laughs> you know, to, to, to uh, further the lie of climate change and global warming, that there's like weather machines, you know. I think Rush Limbaugh was even like big on that, right? Rush Limbaugh's got millions of followers and listeners. And he was Allegedly. saying like, don't don't trust Democrats. You know, these hurricanes aren't real. It's not going to be a big threat to you. And people were like, <laughs> you know, like on the shore yelling at the hurricane and not leaving their Florida coastline houses because they were so convinced like, you know, liberals are just making this up. <laughs> uh, here's, a, here's another good to, uh, note too. Uh, you know, talking about how like you're, it's basically QAnon's just taking advantage of gullible people, and that like in 2018, I believe it was in the month of April, a app actually came out that you could buy. It was a paid app on like the Apple Store, that it was like a QAnon drops app, as in you paid to have this app, and then you get clues from QAnon, or maybe not even related to QAnon. Someone just kind of like making money off of it. But it's like literally it was like the it was I think the top 10 paid app in April of 2018. And it was like the number one paid app in the entertainment section. And it's like at that point, you know, maybe it's just a money scam, you know, <laughs> like literally, hey, buy this app and I'll give you clues. Like, why do you, you know, if you're uh, if your mission in uh, the government is so moral and so accurate and so righteous, why do you have to make money off it? <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, it's such a scam. It's like. Wasn't there an app going around a couple of years ago that cost like a thousand dollars and it was just a red app that when you opened it, it was like this red, like achievement looking circle thing or something. Yeah. It's basically like complimenting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and he sold, the guy sold three apps. So he made $30,000 before the app store removed it. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, that's like the, <laughs> I mean, it's just so funny, right? That people are so easily hoodwinked by this stuff. That's a, a a naked attempt to just steal money from people who believe the bullshit you, you spew. 
if it's like a real <laughs> yeah. guy or a real team of people. Right. That's amazing. And it really it goes down because it's he really like makes it very culty because it's like you know anytime he's wrong you know the idea is that QAnon has to say some false things you know so that people don't catch on or he's not caught or something. So at that yeah. point it really is like the the Bible is real because the Bible tells me like that circular logic thing you know even when yeah. QAnon's wrong you know there's some valid excuse for why he just blatantly lied to you about some, you know. And there's, there's a lot of instances of this. People like literally wait, you know, metaphorically on the edge of their seat waiting for these mass arrests or waiting mm -hmm. for like, you know, Hillary Clinton was supposed to be arrested over and over and over. You know, Hillary Clinton was probably supposed to be arrested like a hundred times by now. You know, she's still free. She's still out and walking. Guantanamo Bay was supposed to be filled with prisoners by now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then it gets really into like the kind of iconography of Donald Trump, you know, like you see like cartoons and stuff and it's like the idea of Trump train and the idea that Trump is this like ripped, you know, ripped badass that's going to like find all the pedophiles and put them in jail and stuff. <laughs> it really is this like weird mythological aspect. And maybe it's not a coincidence that it's like mostly people on the right who might also be pretty religious that fall for this kind of stuff, you know? And uh, I think I think I read one article. I think it was by the Atlantic that was talking about like some of that like proto religious aspects to QAnon, like the conspiracy theories. And it's kind of interesting. Like if you think, I mean, there's got to be like you know, it's not a huge amount of people, but I mean, several million at the least, you know, or tens of millions of people who are receptive to some of these QAnon ideas. You know, it's big enough that you start getting like cops getting in trouble for wearing like QAnon badging, right? <laughs> yeah. Or patches. Yeah. And you get, you, you're like, how many people right now are running uh, as candidates for Congress or state legislatures that buy into this stuff publicly? So it really is like the idea that it almost is kind of like a proto-religious idea that you have to trust this kind of like savior who's QAnon and you have to like really delve into some of these cryptic messages. And that like, you know, if you think about like the early early christians you know like up until like the roman empire really you know adopted christianity as its like main religion you know for a long time like there's more QAnon believers now than early christians certainly like the mormons you know as they move from state to state getting evicted from place to place you, you know there's more believers in QAnon than believe in you know that believed in mormonism for the first like 50 years or whatever you know <laughs> well, it really yeah, is like a giant it's crazy yeah. well it makes me and wonder like, like know, it Go on. I was just going to say, it's kind of like, you know, Joseph Smith, you know, having those tablets that only he can read. And you just have to take his word for it about salvation and things like that. You know, at a certain point, it does become kind of like a Faith. religious cult, like religious cult, a governmental religious cult. You know? well, it has to be some kind of faith if it's objectively not true. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. So there's some people who are running for Congress who believe in QAnon conspiracy theories. So it begs the question of, I, like, I wish I could be on the wall when they direct their staff, you know, if they win a congressional seat or a Senate seat, what happens when they tell their staff, hey, go talk to that federal, you know, uh, bureau informational chief and get this information for us. And then it just come back and it's like, it's not true at all. And they're like, oh, well, that's weird. I believe that for like two or three years, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't think people are that self-aware, though. I mean, you think about how many people that like, you know, the John Birch Society, like there's people today, like the New World Order stuff. It's like, you you know, they've been saying stuff for 30 years. 
Well, how about this? What if you go to like, Congress and you meet everyone and you're like, huh, no one's talking about raping kids or anything or being a pedophile. Yeah. And these are all of the leaders. You know, the Senate only has 100 people, right? You, right. you probably, if you're there for six years, get to know a lot of people pretty well. And then you probably, like, what happens when you realize that, like, hey, maybe some of these guys aren't pedophiles. Like, I know all of them. I know all of my colleagues, and I don't think any of them are pedophiles. Doesn't, yeah, <laughs> it's, some it's point, amazing where when you go to belief? Congress. Yeah. It's amazing when you go to Congress and there's not little kids everywhere. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. There's not harems of children following every senator. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, too, like, if you show up on your first day and you're, you're like, what if you're trying to be like undercover, pretend like, oh, I'm a cool senator. You know what I mean? Like, hey, when are when are the, you know, the cool parties going on? And everyone else yeah. is just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get elected. You're like a representative and you go up to like Nancy Pelosi or something. You're like, hey, I like little boys, too. <laughs> you know, trying to like get in on the. the or you're like, the hey, cool where can club? I find some of that kid's blood? And. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah, uh, and then it's sad because then you get put on the, uh, you know, one of the, the committees on foreign policy, and it's just like, oh, great. They're leading our foreign policy. They're dealing with <laughs> Iran now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, and I guess you kind of broached on this. It's like the idea that people can get elected to government, and it's not necessarily QAnon or something negative, but you get, like, the conspiracy that a lot of, like, apathetic and, like, just disgruntled and people turned off politics believe you know the idea that the government you can't change it's impossible to change there's no use paying attention or getting involved but like you know someone like uh alexandria ocasio-cortez who gets made fun of for being like a poor bartender right she ran mm -hmm. for congress and actually won right so the idea that like anybody can run you'll have to raise money and try but like it's not impossible for you to get elected so the idea that the government is this thing that like there's no use trying, everything's rigged, everything's corrupt. But you but, forget like, about the most important part that what if uh, AOC is really the queen of the cabal of pedophiles and that she yeah. just finally wanted a seat of her own, which makes right. no sense, but they'll probably believe that. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. AOC wanted some of that children, children blood to it. And we should talk about that too. We talked about that before the podcast, but a big idea with the pedophile blood drinking Hillary Clinton kind of conspiracy theories <laughs> is that the idea is basically that kids have to be kidnapped and then terrorized. And so like they're filled with fear right before they're murdered so that their, their blood is filled with adrenaline. At which point Hillary Clinton and some of the other deep state cabalists or whatever, they will take that blood and then inject it into themselves to get some of that, uh, that adrenaline into their own bloodstream. And I guess it keeps you young, <laughs> you know, it's like the path to immortality or something like that. <laughs> but really it's like a cheap high, I guess. But it's funny because like those chemicals actually do get sold for much cheaper than presumably the cost of kidnapping and then murdering children, draining them of blood and then injecting it into yourself. Like there's much cheaper uh, drug highs that you can get, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Like it's just, you talk about this stuff out loud and it seems ridiculous, but you know, then you get somebody who's spent like a hundred hours on YouTube going into rabbit hole after rabbit hole. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. If you're trying to explain a rabbit hole that makes no sense for too long, like you can come up with rational explanations for why the rabbit hole works, but it has no basis on reality in any way. <laughs> 
Like, if you were dedicated to saying that Hogwarts was really out there in England and that it literally is true that wizards fly there on brooms every year to send their children to school, if you thought about it for a couple of years, you could come up with some credible explanations despite the fact that it's literally not even true. Yeah. And you, so. it, I mean, just think about, like, Trump being in power, right? Trump, mm-hmm. you know, is, like, fighting the deep state. But, like, why are his polls so low right now? Is that yeah. the deep state just poisoning people to, like, not like Donald Trump's dumb tweets? Well, they'll tell uses? you the polls are fake, right? The, the well, polls right. are just fake. Yeah. But why did Trump not win the popular vote, right? Like, if, like, you know, or why did Hillary, if she's so powerful, why did she win the popular vote and not win the presidency? Why did she lose? If, if the deep state is so powerful and all controlling, how, how did Hillary Clinton lose three important states by, like, such a small margin? Yeah. Yeah, have they have they? Why would the deep state up? allow that? Yeah, yeah, why would the deep state not just add a bunch of votes real quick or something? They're so powerful; they control everything and every missing kid, every anywhere around the country. You know, it all gets wrapped into this like pedophile ring of like blood drinkers. <laughs> you know, like how? Do, like, what if Trump loses? Right? Like, you know, if he's turning everything around, why would he lose? Right? What's mm-hmm. what is Trump's strategy of like tweeting about John McCain being in hell or whatever? You know, what's the strategy behind Trump uh, calling Kim Jong-un rocket boy and threatening nuclear war? You know, what? what's the point of... Tr- wouldn't Trump threatening a war with Iran, like, kind of lend credence to the idea that Trump isn't ending the deep state, like, subjugation, uh, like, uh, subjugation of America? And, like, you know, it's... Just, yeah, who knows? Know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're at about an hour. Any any last thoughts on QAnon or conspiracy theories? <laughs> um, no, I mean, <laughs> it's like, do you have any ideas on the fact that everyone's secretly a lizard person except you? When, <laughs> or like alien pod people have infiltrated the highest branches of our government? Like, it, how do you argue against that? There's not enough time left in the day to start <laughs> to adequately explain why that's a dumb idea, right? Yeah. How do you convince people that you are not an alien shapeshifter when you're arguing the idea that alien shapeshifters are stupid? Well, you're just in on it. You're an you're an alien shapeshifter too. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're paid by Hillary. You're trying to drink my kids' blood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Right. That might be a good point to end it then. Yep. I'm at a loss for words as well. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to Brain Milk Podcast. This was a fun one. Um, I'm Dash McIntyre. And I am Adrian Pope. And enjoy the guitar solo.